0: and we're rolling what is up everybody it's brandon back with you bringing you the next episode of the windy city reports installment here on the show thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for your patience as well i know i did not get an episode out last week after the vikings game but there's a reason for that i so the reason i wanted to hold off on it was because I knew Tyson Bajant and that's a big elephant in the room right now the whole Tyson Bajant, Justin Fields is there a quarterback controversy is there not blah 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 trust me I am going to get into any of that and all of that however back to my 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 point the reason why I didn't want to get something out right away as frustrated as I was with the game the only positive was Tyson Bajant. and Deontay Foreman as well he looked really good Really fresh in that Vikings game as well, but let me stop getting sidetracked. I knew Tyson Bagent was going to be starting this past Sunday against the Raiders, and with that being said, I wanted to just sit on it for a week and I wanted to actually watch it play out and watch his performance against the Raiders, then come on here, touch on the Vikings game, address the whole situation, break it all down, give you my thoughts, my opinions. And you guys already know, the receipts are there on in regards to my thoughts on Tyson Bajant and how I feel about him and what I've said about him in the past. I have nothing but the utmost confidence in this kid. I picked him up in fantasy this past week because my starting, my starting quarterback is Trevor Lawrence and he had the injury scare with his knee. He was a game-time decision. I was wholeheartedly going to start Tyson Bajant in place of Trevor Lawrence, if he did not play confidently, I was going to do so. So I have my receipts on him. But like I said, I wanted to see it play out before I came on here and address the whole situation. So that's that's why I, I bypassed last week. And I'm just going to sort of bring it all out onto this episode, give a nice long episode. We have a lot, a lot to get into. We really do. And let's get into it. So starting off... With the Vikings game, look, I already sort of forgot some of it. Not forgot, but moved on from it just because of everything that's been going on this past week and a half with the whole Bay and Fields thing. All it did was just really enforce the fact that the coaching staff, as we all sort of already know, just is not it. And... I don't know if some people have already been doing it, but I'm going to start it on my behalf. I'm going to start the blame game, and the blame goes to the coaches, bro. It it really does. And I'm going to touch on Fields and his inconsistencies and what his problem is. We all sort of already know what his problem is, but why we just can't ever see any type of consistency from Justin Fields or the coaching staff. We saw this last year, too. We would see games of just absolute brilliance and... The highest of the highs from Justin Fields, from Luke Yatesy, from this offense, schematically, execution-wise, everything would fall in the line. It was, it was amazing, so many times. But it would just be one week here and one week there, then just flooded with inconsistency, and it's carried into this season, and it might even be worse, you know. But starting off from the very first play of the game. It's a division rival. You know their tendencies. At least you should know their tendencies. You should know that the Vikings are a very blitz-heavy team. They like to blitz, especially on first down. Very first play of the game. Empty backfield, free rusher off the edge. Justin Fields doesn't get the ball out for whatever reason, and I'll touch on that. And he just gets smashed. First play of the game, boom, set the tone. And everything just sort of went downhill from there. And honestly, I I had that little comment to myself. I saw that on I'm like, damn, this is how today's going to go, huh? And I was right, unfortunately. But that's just my sixth sense being a Bears fan. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that shares this sixth sense. Then the very next possession... The Minnesota Vikings first possession, the very first play of that drive. Andrew Billings, I believe it was, neutral zone infraction. So you can just tell from the start, the coaching staff did not have these guys ready to play at all. Matt Eberflus did not have these guys ready to play at all. I think he's honestly just diving more so into the defensive coordinator side of things. He's forgetting he's a head coach. I don't know, because this team was not ready to play last sunday october 15th against the minnesota vikings and this was a game that we very well could have won i mean should have could have would have but the vikings did not play good we had more yards than them we had more yards per play than them we had better opportunities than them it's just offensively it was just the same old bears the same old justin fields the same old play calling. You know, like we finally find our identity, or at least we start to find our identity in the Broncos game, in the Commander's game, and we're riding that into this Vikings game, divisional game. This is big, we have the same record, we can get one up on them and we we have to make a statement. Once again, we came into that. I made the prediction we were gonna win and once again this Bears team is making me eat my words. But once again, life as a Bears fan. However, DJ Moore once again left out of the air, the air, the the game plan. Where was he? He was not involved. You know, it just goes back to like, what are you guys doing? He ended up with five catches and fifty-one yards, but about forty to sixty percent of that came in garbage time. Came when it really didn't matter. Came when Tyson Baygent was in the game. You know, and it's it was just the same inept offense. You one week you're looking at this like, wow, this could potentially be one of the better offenses in the league, top five, top ten offense, which statistically it is whenever this offense is playing at its best. There was a streak last year where Justin Fields led this offense to 28 points or more a game for like five to six games. The defense was just giving up 35-42 a game, you know, and but then we see weeks where Justin Fields doesn't even throw for 100 yards, and we can't even get a first down, and we run first down, get one yard, run second down, we lose two yards. Third and ten, third and eleven, stream play, nothing. That's what we're used to and that's what this game was turning out to be. You know, there was one point where we called another three straight stream plays. You know? You do it once, okay, you know. They might expect you to do it twice, but they, they probably wouldn't. And then you do it twice, then no way well, you do it three times, right? No, yeah, we're going to do it three times. And it's not the first time we've done that this season. It hasn't worked then. It's not going to work now. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand why Luke Etsy has such a deep fascination with horizontal play calling and having a horizontal scheme. You know, I know we want to run the ball, and that's great, but we haven't even really been able to do that up until Deontay Foreman came in. You know, Khalil Herbert was looking very good at times, but now he's hurt. We haven't had that. Justin Fields definitely hasn't been running like himself, which obviously there's reasons for that. It's not sustainable and whatnot. Going back to the coaching, though, there was another moment. It was third and seven, and we run it up the middle with the inside zone. That was a great play call. Not really. Didn't work out. Not at all. Then later on in the game, we have a third and two, and we throw a fly route that goes incomplete of course like what it should be flipped you should be throwing the fly route on third and seven maybe or at least a deep to intermediate route then on third and two you should be running the inside zone up the middle it's just just small things like that that just really make you question this coaching staff and it's like you're setting us up to be in a position with a very good draft pick but i don't even give a fuck about the draft pick at this point i don't care about having two top five picks. I mean, when it comes down to it, fuck yeah, it's going to be nice. But as a fan, as a diehard, passionate Chicago Bears fan, I just want to see this team fucking win and do good and be successful. I want to see my favorite players do good and win and be successful. Justin Fields, still QB1, still one of my favorite players of all time. I want to see BQB1, or I want to be... I want to see him be successful. I want to see him win. I want to see him do good. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Cole met I want to see them all do fucking amazing, you know? I don't care about the pick. And all these fans saying, oh, it's tank and tank and this and that, what are we doing? Man, fuck all that shit. Anyone that says that, no matter what sport it is, no matter what team you root for, that shit's just not anything that you should ever want your team to do. I don't care who the draft pick is. I don't. You guys already know I'm on record saying I don't even want Caleb Williams. I really don't. And the fact that Tyson Bagent is going is playing in this fashion, and it's not even so much Bagent doing what he's done. in very, fa- very, very small sample size. It's more so that Justin Fields hasn't done what has been expected of him. You know. But back to the Vikings game, I just want to wrap that up. This was a game that we should have won. have won honestly we had every reason to win this game the defense played very well in this game yes it's a Vikings team without Justin Jefferson but still has TJ Hawkinson still has Jordan Addison and this is also a Vikings team that at this time since I'm recording it now uh, on October 24th just beat the fucking 49ers last night you know we we were in position to win this game and our defense was a big part of that Deontay Foreman Really got his first shot at RB1 this season in a Bears uniform Averaged 4.3 yards a carry and had a lot of Moments where he's just a shoelace tackle away from breaking it for a big gain if not taking it to the house So you'd like to see that and that even continued into this Raiders game, which I'll touch on as well Um, Like I said earlier DJ Moore had five catches 51 yards Darnell Mooney got involved again Had one big play ended up with 48 yards two catches Tyler Scott is slowly but surely Starting to get more involved, which I'm very, very excited to see. Cole Komet, after two to three really great weeks, has just sort of gone silent. He has two catches and nine yards in the last two games. Defensive-wise, TJ Edwards continues to impress as far as just racking up tackles in the box score. also had a sack against the Vikings as well. Anytime the Bears are getting sacks nowadays, always got to give a shout-out to that. And um, one person I want to give a huge shout-out to is Jaquan Brisker. I'm also on record stating this is one of my favorite players on the Bears, one of my favorite Ryan pulls draft pick. Yes, has his injury concern. Looked really good last year at moments when he was on the field. Looked really, look really raw at some moments as well. You can tell where, okay, he needs to work on this. He's more of a run support, downhill, hard nose, hard-hitting safety than he is at coverage and a zone safety and you can see that at times and this year specifically at the start he has not been playing that good and he's been doing a lot more talking than he has playing as far as like celebrating and taunting on the field and shit but these last couple weeks especially against las vegas he's really been backing that up and he's really been playing great got in for half a stack against the vikings last week and i'll touch in the stat line in the raiders name here shortly But he's been looking really, really good. DeMarcus Walker starting to slowly but surely get himself acclimated as well in this Bears defense in that front seven rotation. I think it honestly just goes to Matt Eberflus. And a credit to him taking over the defense and the play calling and putting these guys in better positions to succeed and using them a little bit differently and getting more exotic with the blitz packaging and how he's calling the blitzes. Yes, I would still like to see more and see an improvement from that. But it's trending in the right direction, and we're finally getting healthy on the back end as far as secondary-wise. Tyreek Stevenson still has his flaws, but he's getting better and better. Jalen Johnson's playing at an all-time level. So defense, and Tremaine Edmonds as well, I can't forget about him. Very, very good right now as far as trending in that direction. Kirk Cousins didn't really do anything too crazy, 21 of 31, 181 yards, one touchdown. Alexander Madison, 2.4 yards per carry, 44 yards on the ground. The Bears' run defense has been very, very good this season. That's been a very good, bright spot for us and something to really hang our hat on. Run the ball, stop the run. That's what we've been big on. Only gave up 46 yards on the ground in this Minnesota game while producing 162. But, yes, we did only produce 113 passing yards. One thing that is standing out to me, though, between these last two games Against the Vikings, we were 6 for 14 on third down, just under 50%. Then against the Raiders, I think we were 8 for 14. I'll have to double check that, but very successful on third down in that game as well. And that's honestly more attributed to Tyson Bajant and the way he runs the offense and the way he's able to actually get the ball out and go through his progressions. And... I'm going to touch on it. Like I said before, I truly feel that Tyson Bajant just plays the quarterback position. It, honestly, it's it's honestly a little bit more so he fits what Luke Getsy wants to do and the fact that he just has more experience playing the quarterback position than Justin Fields does. Tyson Bajant is going to go right in there and fit in perfectly with what Luke Getse wants to do. Dink and Doug manage the game, sort of I'm not comparing them, but sort of what Brock Purdy does for San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan and just getting the ball to a skill and letting them do that and not losing you the game, but not necessarily going to win you the game. But he has the moxie, he has the poise, he has the calmness, he has the confidence he has the demeanor to do all of the above. And before I get into any of this, I'm just going to preface this right now and put this out there I just want to see more of what he can do Yes, it's just been a game and a quarter or half a quarter. I really want Luke Etsy and this Bears staff to just let it loose with this kid. Really, I do. I really want to see what he can do because there are so many nuances in his game that just give me a slight, it just planted a little seed in my mind that like this kid can really be something. I really do feel that, and I'm going to put that on record and say that right now. I really do. Just watch the tape. Watch the tape with this Raiders game. Yes, a very bad Raiders team besides Matt Crosby. Very bad Raiders defense. There's no tape on this kid. I understand, but I'm talking about the nuances and the mechanics and his technique, the calmness. He stays on his toes. His footwork is calm. His footwork is patented, and it's really refined. And it just, like I said, goes back to his experience playing the quarterback position. And you can see it. You can see him with the match Crosby coming in on his right, full steam, going through read one, not there, going through read two, not there, coming all the way back across the middle to Tyler Scott, coming on a nice crossing route, right past the sticks on a big third down conversion. And his feet are just sitting there planted and calm, and he's on his toes the whole time. And he throws a no-look zip pass around the offensive and defensive lineman. That's not something you see from an undrafted Division II quarterback. And do your homework. The stats are insane. He's the all-time record holder in passing touchdowns in all of FBS, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, everything. He's played a considerable amount of football. It doesn't matter what level it is. He's playing the most important position in the entire sport. He's been doing it for a long time. There's just little things that's going to come with that experience that someone like Justin Fields might not have and in Justin Fields' case doesn't have yet at least, you know, and that's the small things like the footwork and getting the ball out in time and being able to read the defenses. And some people say that, I don't know, Justin Fields just freezes when it comes to the field or he just doesn't play the quarterback position the right way or he just loses confidence in himself in the moment on the field. And you you know, you're never going to know what it is. There's so many things it can be. But going back to that first play of the Vikings game where the f- free rusher just came off the edge and smashed Justin. Justin should have got that ball out. That ball should have been out before the guy got to Justin's and Justin shouldn't even have been hit. But he just froze. I don't know what it was, but he just froze. And that happens time and time again with Justin Fields. That's his inconsistencies. Sometimes he just lets it rip, and sometimes he doesn't. And it's just either one or the other. And that's not going to be a a successful formula and a successful trend if you're trying to pave your way as a quarterback in the NFL. And it's a shame. Unfortunately, it is. But that's just the case with him. Tyson Bajan gets that ball out. That's the reality of it. And. Yes, his stat line is not going to wow you. That's the stat line of what he was asked to do and what you'd expect. But we've seen that same stat line from Justin Fields time and time again in his career. And there's just something I'm going to point out about it, though, because, look, Tyson Bagent only had, what, 100 and I believe it was 60 yards passing, 162 yards passing, 21 for 29, only five and a half yards in attempt. But he only got sacked one time. Now, we've seen Justin Fields put up the similar numbers time and time again with actually lower completion percentage, but the same yards, same average per completion, same stat line. But the difference is, Justin Fields is getting sacked seven times, six times, four times, five times a game. Tyson Bajan only got sacked once this game. Let me read you some stat lines from Justin Fields this year alone. 11 for 22, 99 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 pick, took 3 sacks. Week 2, 16 for 29, 211 yards, 1 touchdown, 2 picks, took 6 sacks. Week 1, 24 for 37, 216 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 pick, took 4 sacks. So we're seeing lower completion percentage, more yards, just as many touchdowns, but we're seeing more turnovers and more sacks that comes from justin fields lack of decision making lack of ability to get the ball out fast whatever it is that's just keeping him from doing what he's born to do which is just sling the football and be a talented quarterback because he he has the talent to do it he has the raw ability to do it nobody can deny that but there's just something there in between the the ears inside that helmet that's just keeping him from doing it and it's it's really gonna be one of the biggest mysteries, I think, in Chicago Bears history. When it really is all said and done, I I really do, and I my my uh, w- if you would say educated guess is that it just comes down to the experience. Tyson Bajant just has the experience to where he's. Work those things out. He's developed the technique to avoid those things. I guarantee you, Tyson Payton used to be the same way. He used to struggle with some of the same things, but his experience has allowed him to work those things out. And one day, Justin Fields could still do that. But, I mean, three years in the NFL right now, you're you're really walking a fine line as far as how much time you have left. You know, and you you could even say that. He's even overextended. his welcome, you know, and that's just the reality of it. I wouldn't say that I would even hate to say that's a reality, but it's definitely an argument, you know, and I don't want to let Cody Whitehair off the hook as well. I almost forgot, dude, you can't even blame Justin Fields for the most part in that game on, on why he couldn't get anything going. And Tyson Bajan even dealt with the same shit. Cody Whitehair could not snap a ball to save his fucking life. I minimum saw at least five times where it was a bad snap, high, low, left, right, and I, I'm sure there was even more, whether it was the field or Baygent, and that's the start of a fucking play. Nothing is bound to go right when from the very foundation of a play is f- just fucked up in off timing, off rhythm from the start because of this snap because of the snap you're already in a disadvantageous position because of the snap and there's nothing that you can do about it and it was time and time again you're never gonna be able to get something going with that Pat Mahomes isn't even gonna be able to do anything with that on a consistent basis you know and it's just a shame that it just has to be us but that's what we're used to you know and there was just something that was keeping us from doing anything until Tyson Bajan came in and you really c- can't put one thing on it, but there's it's a night and day difference, and you can't deny that when he's in there, things happen. The offense is clicking. The ball's getting out. Sacks aren't being taken. Smart decisions are being made. Now he had the the strip sack that was returned for a touchdown in the Vikings game. I understand that. He had the pick, which was very bad, and everyone was clowning him saying this kid can't throw this and that that was a duck like what the fuck and then you have Cole Komet actually come on the chgo podcast which is on there every tuesday and say no that wasn't what happened the presser was backed up into him and it messed up his throwing pattern he couldn't step through on his throw i thought it was obvious from the broadcast i don't know why more people didn't catch on to that but that just shows you the type of fans that we have in Chicago and around the Chicago Bears it's a shame um, and it's even more of a shame that people are just making this all out to be Fields versus Bajan Baygent. Bajan's better than Fields Fields are better than Bajan like why are we even having this conversation this is no controversy there is no controversy at all Justin Fields is quarterback one Tyson Bajet's quarterback two now if For whatever reason, Tyson Bezier goes into Sunday Night Football in LA at SoFi Stadium and knocks off Justin Herbert at the Chargers. Which I'm saying. You're telling me there's a chance? This is Brandon Staley, the worst coach in the NFL, arguably, in my opinion. Not really, but up there. And Justin Herbert, who I'm a huge on, but realistically is not clutch. There's a chance. And if that happens... Now, there might be a legitimate quarterback controversy, but even then, Justin Fields is still quarterback one. He's still going to come back. He's still going to play the season, barring any other type of injury, knock on wood. But all that tells us is that end of the season, whether we have Fields or not, we're still going to have Bajan as our backup quarterback. And I could not be happier and more comfortable about that fact. And a lot of Bears fans should be that way. But... With everything that has transpired, especially now after this Raiders game, me along with plenty other of you Bears fans out there are in such a weird spot. I mean, there's a lot of us like myself that just understand, and I'm like, okay, look, this is great. I'm a fan of Agent. My receipts are there. Even if you weren't a fan of Agent, you get to see this kid come in here and now easily become a fan of him. You see the moxie. You see the poise. You see the long sustained drives that just chewed up the clock and that was 10, 15, 16 plays long. You saw that in his very first drive in the play, preseason, I think against the Colts, 17 plays, 92 yards, let him down the field and score a touchdown. I was tweeting then, yes, I know this is preseason against the threes and fours on defense, but this kid does not look like an undrafted free agent. The amount of poise and calmness And the way he was so collected and cool in the pocket, you see that from a veteran quarterback. You don't see that from him. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to hang my hat on it too much. It's just preseason against threes, what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he comes in late in the fourth quarter against his Vikings team. Yes, very subpar, very poor defense. But does the same exact thing. Moving the ball down the field, chewing clock when he wasn't getting strip sacked with throwing that pick, the one or two drives, they were long, sustained drives, and he was actually giving us a chance. Then what did we see in this Raiders game? At least three to four drives that were 10 plays or more. I'm going to get that exact number for you, actually, right here. One play, 12, or one drive, 12 plays, 69 yards, touchdown. Another drive, 15 plays, 88 yards, touchdown. Another drive, 12 plays, 37 yards, field goal. Three, three drives with 10 or more plays that just chewed time off the clock and were just well-sustained and well-orchestrated at the hand of Bajan by the decisions he was making, whether it was in the pocket going through his reads and making the smart check down or smart short pass, or the pocket was collapsing. He had to roll out to his left, or roll out to his right, and instead of just taking the sack or trying to force something downfield, he found his, someone that got open. He found one of his skilled players that got open and actually put it on the money. Then you saw him scrambling and running off the sideline then giving the gimme some more to the fans. Like what 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 were we watching? Like this was like we were in heaven as Bears fans. Like, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed watching Tyson Bajent in this Raiders game. And I was already a big fan of him and now I'm even a bigger fan of him. Like I'm I'm heavily going to consider getting this guy's jersey one day. I I really am. I mean, the dude came in and finished with more passing yards than Justin Fields and played eight minutes or something like that in that Vikings game. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of my amazing Body Armor Tropical Punch Flavor beverage. Not sponsored yet, hopefully. Maybe one day, but shout out to Body Armor, man. But, you know, back to Fields, that's just the same inconsistency. And now there can be a, a lot of things for that. There there really could be. My thoughts are it's just Getsey's plan, his offensive plan, his scheme, not only one just doesn't fit Justin Fields as a player and what his strengths are, and two, is very simple to say the least, and easy to figure out and defenses can really hone in on it and diagnose it. And all they have to do was just come up with a very creative Scheme defensively with some blitz packages and just load the box with Justin because they're not gonna, they know that Justin's not gonna be able to spread them out horizontally, he's only gonna be able to spread them out vertically. But he's not even able to get the protection or make the reads to do that, so they just load the box and blitz him, and it's honestly over. Justin Fields can't do nothing, he just crumbles. That's exactly how the Denver Broncos came back on us. The commanders just didn't do that. And the offensive line played very well that night as well. But they just did not really blitz, and that's why they got torn apart. What did the Vikings do? A very blitz-heavy team. They come in here, blitz the shit out of Justin Fields, and you see what happens. The offense just shuts down. Now, you see the Raiders come in here and try to do the same thing. It's Max Crosby. You have to come up with a scheme that's just dedicated to stopping Max Crosby. Max Crosby is a game wrecker. You cannot let him wreck this game. This is a prime game where someone like him comes in and wrecks. You have an undrafted free agent, Division II quarterback starting. This is a prime game for him to come in and have four sacks and just completely wreck the game. That was completely different. Darnell Wright shut him down. Tyson Bagent played efficient football and did not let Max Crosby get inside his head. He was able to call out the blitzes, diagnose where the blitzes were coming from. He was, all, he was always aware of where Max Crosby was coming from. He wasn't crumbling whenever the pressure was closing in on him. Once again, all goes back to experience playing this position. Justin Fields didn't have to worry about any of that shit at Ohio State. Everything was easy for him for the most part. Not really easy, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Tyson Bajan had to get that shit out of the mud week in and week out his whole college career, his whole career playing the quarterback position. There's a difference. That's a very big difference that needs to be looked at in this situation, in this whole conversation. No, like, I don't even want to be having this conversation. The reality is, and the reality should be, awesome. We have this quarterback, too. Like I said, that's going to stick with us for a while. We know what he can be for us for the most part. And we have our backup quarterback with the potential that he could be maybe more for us. We don't know. Small sample size, one standalone game. And we still have our quarterback, one in fields that we're trying to figure out if he really is a long term. This is the last season, but like I said, just a little bit ago. No matter what happens this season, whether we have fields or not, we have our backup quarterback. And that's how we should look at this situation. There should be no comparing of Justin or Bajan at all. I don't know why, but that's just what Bears fans have done in the entire history of the team, especially recently, whether it was Josh McCown or Jay Cutler or Red Grossman, Kyle Orton, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles. It's like the backup guy is always the most popular guy in town. Everyone always loves him and everyone always hates the starter. It makes no sense. And, but for whatever reason, the backup always comes in and plays better or is more successful. It's just it's a weird little dimension and little universe and cycle we've been stuck in as Bears fans with our quarterbacks. It's insane, you know. But I just back to Fields and why he's so inconsistent. I just think that he's playing is too easy to diagnose, and it doesn't fit what Justin Fields' strengths are. Nor is Justin Fields even being coached or put in the position where he's even able to read the certain blitz packages that he's being faced and read those defenses and make the changes necessary at the line and just followed up by offensive coordinator and coaches not coming up with game plans to combat it, you know? Like, he's not being coached to be able to recognize it himself, and the coaches aren't coming up with game plans and doing their job to combat it and just make it easier for Fields. It's just, there's a disconnect on both sides, and neither side's really doing their job. It's I don't know, man. It's such a weird dynamic, and as much as I am the biggest field supporter, as much as I want him to work out for us, the more and more time goes on, the more and more I'm starting to buy into the fact that he's going to be a successful quarterback one day. It's just not going to be with the Chicago Bears, you know, and we're just – the coaches, too, aren't helping them. Like, whether it's throughout the week leading up to games or at halftime, we're just not seeing the necessary adjustments or game plans being called for what is at our disposable, disposal, you know? It's a shame. But moving on, just to follow it up with the Bears and just to finish up with the with the Fields and the Bayesian quarterback conversation, Bottom line is Baygent works better in Getsy's offense and all he really has done so far is just really expose the weaknesses of Justin Fields and why Luke Getsy needs to sort of bring the best out of fields and not try to make fields bring the best out of Getsy if that makes sense but that just goes to show how bad of a coordinator and how bad of a coach Getsy is like and he's another naggy like you should as a coach, you should not force your guy to change and gel to your system and be successful in your system and and your philosophy. You got to adapt and change the, your quarterback's philosophy and your quarterback's strengths, and you got to tailor something around him. You can't force him to do whatever you want to tailor for yourself. And that's where we're lacking. We've had that time and time again at that coaching position, and it's a shame. It, it really is. You know? But the reality is, offense just runs better whenever Bajan is in as far as just getting the ball out fast and efficient. Like, we see those games like the Commanders game, like the Broncos game, where it's like, how can you even say the offense runs better with Beijing when we saw Fields do that? Honestly, my opinion, like, those are one-off games. Like, until I see Fields do that on a consistent basis, i can't I can't say I can't change my take on that ba Baigent runs this offense better I can't he just isn't as talented as fields of course, and that's where that fall off is, but I'm going back to that experience that experience plays a lot in that, and we can see that time and time again and I don't know why we just can't root for both to be successful for us Bajant and fields knowing what the roles are but Touching up on this Raiders game, overall, very, very good result. I, I wish that this Bayesian situation would not just overshadow how good this result was as a whole. Yes, this was a very bad Raiders team, but also a Raiders team that just beat our division rival and our most hated rival, the Green Bay Packers, and we had them at 12 points, and we just dominated this game. This was an all-around complete team effort in the first complete game That we've seen from this team all season. The first all-around complete game that we've seen from them. From top to bottom. Offense, defense, special teams. Everything was clicking. Everybody was playing together for one another. Everybody was ready to play. Why does that just happen all of a sudden when Tyson Bajan comes in and gets his first start? I have no idea. But I just want to see some more of it. Defense played very, very good. Yes, it's Brian Hoyer. He couldn't complete a pass to save his life. But, I mean, what I'm looking at is Devontae Adams, seven catches, Jacoby Myers, seven catches, both in the 50s for the yardage. Both had 12, 13 targets. They didn't really hurt us at all. When Devontae Adams, someone of his stature, only has seven catches, 57 yards, no touchdowns, you're going to take that, especially when you have a rookie cornerback on Tyree Stevenson matched up against him the majority of the game. Tyree Stevenson really impressed me this game. He got beat a couple times by Devontae Adams, but, hey, that's one of the best receivers in all the football and all the fucking world. But there was also times where he stood his fucking ground against Devontae Adams and had some couple defended passes and broke up some passes. And once again, up there leading our team in tackles, this was one of the better games I saw from Tyree Stevenson all season. Jalen Johnson had two picks, one return for the house, given that pay me sign and was asked afterwards was that in regards to your contract talks he said damn right 100 percent." and we've come to find out now that his agents and representatives have been in touch have been in contact with the bears front office and in regards to contract negotiations trade deadline coming up ryan pulls has a number that he's not going to go above jalen johnson has his number he's not going to go below I don't think he's going to be traded, if anything. They can't come to agreement. Jalen Johnson rides out the season. We let him go. I would be gutted if we traded him. I think he gets signed relatively soon, and he stays a bear for a while. Jalen Johnson and... I'm sorry. I uh, got distracted looking at a notification, but Jalen Johnson and Tremaine Edmonds both had really good game today. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on Sunday, and... Jermaine Edmonds had an interception, he also had eight tackles, second second leading tackler on the team, had that interception, looked really good, Jalen Johnson, like I said, had the two interceptions, these guys are going to be cornerstones for this defense for the foreseeable future, we need this consistent play from them going forward to really set the tone and to keep this defense trending in the right direction and Kyler Gordon's back he's playing well I already touched on Jaquan Brisker he looks really good in this game Justin Jones I want to give him a shout out as well had a couple quarterback hurries had a tackle for a loss a pass to um, had a sack or half a sack I believe then overall just the running backs in the running game Deontay Foreman by far the MVP of this game 16 carries for 89 yards averaging 5.6 on the ground had two touchdowns on the ground. Also caught three passes for 31 yards and had a touchdown receiving as well. Three touchdown day uh, day for Foreman. Over 100 total yards. Great performance for him. First Bears running back to get three touchdowns in a long time. It was some crazy stat like that. Very happy for him. This is what we wanted to see out of him. This is what we brought him in here for. And when we have Rojo back, when we have Khalil Herbert back, if we didn't have a dangerous Russian attack already, we're gonna have Just like last year one of the best in all the football. You can mark my words on that. I Predicted the Bears to cover this game. I didn't predict, I didn't predict them to win let alone win like this But I did predict them to cover plus two and a half. So I want to give me a little bit of pat on the back for that um, Be yeah, a bottom line overall just a really really good game. It was called well. It was executed. Well, they were getting the skilled players involved in all sorts of ways. Jet sweeps, zone reads, screens. Tyler Scott, like I said, sl- uh, slowly but surely getting more involved in this offense, which I'm really, really excited about. Darnell Mooney reappeared on the stat sheet as well with, some car- with a carry out of the backfield and four catches as well. DJ Moore, pedestrian game, eight catches, 54 yards, but kind of expected something along those lines with... Tyson Bayesian getting the first start of his career but yeah my main takeaways from this minus the whole Bayesian situation Deontay Foreman even Derrickson Evans only had 3.4 yards of carry but he had a lot of good runs like a lot of good tone six, six seven eight yard runs and you'd like to see that from him someone that is just overlooked but once again that running back position plug and play anyone getting in there getting a chance making the most out of it shout out to him for that another takeaway is just overall the defense and how we just played a very complete game top to bottom moving on i want to touch on this charger game before we get into it and finish this episode off right now the chargers are currently minus 450 on the money line the bears are plus 350 kind of crazy in my opinion the over-under is 45, uh, 44.5, and the spread for this game is Chargers 9.5. Call me crazy, but right now, I'm betting the Bears again, plus 9.5. Now, the over-under, I would take the under. I wouldn't bet that, but if I really had to give someone advice, I would take the under. But if, if this spread stays the same, I'd be surprised if it dropped below 9 eight and a half at the most, but I'd say that'd be stretching it. I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to, to cover that in this game, man. I'm, I, I really believe in Bajan that much. I would like to believe we're going to see a little bit more out of him and what he can do. And like I said, Brandon Staley, one of the worst coaches in all of football. Justin Herbert, not clutch by any means. And there's a chance. There is a chance. And if anyone can do it, it is secret. The Beijing. Number 17, Tyson Major. Thank you guys all so much so much for tuning in once again for the next installment of the Windy City Reports episode. I'm going to be coming out with more and better versions of this. I'm going to be switching up the, the flow of it and how I do it. And I think it's going to be better. Just going to try it out, improve it, keep it fresh. And I would love some feedback as well. Never be afraid to send some messages to the pod with our email or our socials as well, Instagram, X, TikTok, all the above, Threads as well, make sure you check out our clips on TikTok as well, there's a lot of cool stuff as well, there might even be a little clip from this episode, you never know, but whether it's with the news, or any of their sports teams, whether it's me with the Bears, Logan with the Giants, Trevor with his Lions as well, we're even going to look to get some some, uh, AC Milan clips from Caden as well, he's been doing a great job getting that out, but yeah. Like always, bear the fuck down. Stay awake. Thank you so much for tuning in. You guys all have a good one. Peace.